Hello, I'm Linda Scythe from The Layered Onion. Thank you for joining us. We will be listening to our amazing creators talk about their art and mental health. 48 million artists all over the world share this lived experience. The Layered Onion was formed to create a supportive community, allowing the creators to focus on their art, bringing their work from the shadows to receive the recognition and opportunities they deserve. Each podcast will feature an artist who talks about their work and mental wellness. Art is healing. We hope these discussions will inspire you to appreciate the stories behind the creations and more importantly, inspire your inner creator. Together, we can tackle the stigma around mental health. My name is Caius Kirby. I'm a sculptor, artist, um, occasionally make other little artsy things, but that's my main form. Um, I'm intersex and disabled. I make art specifically for the disabled community. That's a really big part of my form. Um, and it's, and it's from my own uh, experience as a disabled artist, as a, um, as a person with mental illness and with, uh, with physical, uh, ailments as well. And so that's really important to me. So are you located in the United States? I am. Yes. I am in Chicago, Illinois. All right. Great. So is that part of what drew you to your art or drew you to sculpting was the idea of, of having something that was very accessible? Um, yes, I was kind of honestly forced into it in a sense. Um, so I had, I was originally a data analyst actually. Um, and I had to quit my job because I was getting these terrible migraines. And I worked really hard with my organization to try and modify things. And But there's only so much you can modify staring at a screen. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I was having migraines that were putting me in the hospital. So I didn't have the energy to do that. And so it was kind of like quit or be fired moment. Um, and I was too young and too ashamed and I quit and I really should have taken severance pay, frankly, but I, I quit <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's, that's when I started sculpting actually is kind of out of desperation and out of coping really in that, in that season of unemployment. Uh, it was mostly for me at first. And then people were like, can I, can I buy that? And I was like, do you want to buy this? <laughs> sure. So actually I find um, your art so interesting because it, well, when we look at the piece, I've not seen a piece actually physically mm. myself. I've only seen photographs of, of your sculptures and you had a piece in the shallot, and it was called, the title was Troll. Yeah. <laughs> but it has such bright colors, and you can see the texture. Maybe you can sort of describe how this piece came about. Yeah, that one um, actually goes perfectly into what we're talking about right now, which is kind of how I started. Um, Troll was in the very beginning and uh, was one of my first pieces actually. So um, I started creating Troll while I, this was, you know, mid pandemic lockdown. Um, 
everyone was working from home. All of my roommates at the time, I was living with three other people. We were all working from home, different jobs. I was the only one that didn't have a job all of a sudden. Um, I, you know, I was still very sick, which was itself a full-time job, but um, was trying to bring some vibrancy to my life. And um, I remember one day they were all working at like kind of an empty coffee shop. We're all masked up, but we just needed to get out of the house. And I brought along this foam head. (laughs) They all have their laptops and I have this foam head with me. And they're all like, um, hi. Well, whatever. <laughs> you do you, buddy. <laughs> and I'm there and I'm I'm just like putting goop all over this foam head. I will actually first it was too feminine looking and so I added like a more structured nose and kind of broader cheekbones and more of a brow and I I was sculpting underneath on top of it first and then it started looking a little bit like luchador mask ask and then it was a little bit day of the daddy. And then all of a sudden it looked like an alien. And, and they were like, <laughs> where are you going with this? And I was like, I'm not sure really, but I need something to do. <laughs> um, so, so troll was really like troll was. And when I say troll was, is me troll was me coping in the middle of, you know, the pandemic and then also in the middle of job loss um, and kind of creating this androgynous self-portrait <laughs> um, with all of my, you know, uh, job-having friends watching at the same time, which was itself its own, its own experience. Well, it was somewhat perfect because obviously the theme for the first show, it was reflections on self. Yeah, right. When I saw that, I was like, well, I know what I'm, <laughs> I'm going to submit. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about the materials that you're using. Mm, I materials are really important to me uh, in my craft. And I really, I, I, I particularly choose children's materials um, because I think one, it's just so fun. And two, um, I love the challenge of taking something that is considered um, I guess, yeah, that's, that's, that no one would think of as art, really, and trying to make it art, like real art, you know, puff paint. I, so I use, I use like, I use things like, um, you know, tape and Elmer's glue and, and, uh, oh, what's that stuff you use in? I'm missing the word. Like when you're filling cracks in your wall. Clock. Uh, Yeah. The clock and uh, like things that don't really, that aren't art supplies, really. Um, uh, That you don't find at Blick or or Michael's actually, usually. (laughs) Um, And... uh, and and even puff paint, like you use it at summer camp to make your t-shirts, but like no one likes them. <laughs> a couple <laughs> years, like oh, that's a hideous shirt. I'm gonna throw that away. Um, and so it's, it's oh, and it and it also limits my color palette, right? 
And so you're working within this like really limited palette of, of vibrant colors and, and you're trying to do something interesting with them. So I, I thought for a long time, and especially in the beginning, I was mixing my own paints. And then I was like, there's too many options. There's too many colors in the world. I need, <laughs> I need limits. <laughs> and, and limiting myself like a child um, was so was actually very liberating um, to me. So I don't know. That was a little rambly, but but no, uh, no. Yeah. I, but I'm gonna tell you, I don't. I've never worked with puff paint, so yeah, I'm not really sure fun. what it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's 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 an acrylic paint, but it has um, I think like a polymer in it that makes it three-dimensional that makes it oh is that what makes the the little like bead things yeah exactly Ah, ah, so ah. it's actually in a bottle you squeeze it out almost like icing (laughs) um and you can flatten it if you want and that's what i did with troll i squeezed it out and then i kind of painted it with a brush to make it flatter and then i put little beads on top um, and with some of my pieces, I, I, you know, you take, uh, the longer that I've done it, the more I've developed different ways of doing it. You know, I squeeze it out and I kind of do it in a little circle and it's a little flatter. And then sometimes you can keep squeezing as you pull away from the vessel and it makes a little like mountain, you know, a little point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really fun. And like all the different brands of puff paint have their different viscosities and even the different colors have different viscosities kind of just like oil paint there's different opacities and so it's like I feel like weirdly one of the only experts on puff paint (laughs) I'm like I'm like where are the other puff paint experts out there I'm like I need to know them (laughs) um I need to talk to them so we can really talk you know get into the dirt on puff paint but uh yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they'll come now because I didn't even know what puff paint was. So yeah. Maybe now, maybe now they'll come media, out of the woodwork. Uh, when, yeah. When, right. Right. Whenever I see other puff paint users on social media, I send them a message like immediately, like, "Hey, <laughs> um, so what puff paint are you you using? Did you make your own?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they're like, "Calling Who are all you? puff paint you know? people." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, super cool. Yeah. So, so when, so, okay, Troll, which is really just, like I said, it's vibrant, lots of colors. It, uh, you can feel the emotion Mm. in the piece. So what did you hope to leave? Well, maybe not just with Troll, but with your pieces, what do you hope to leave with the viewer? I... Oh, that that was the one that that was the question you emailed me that I was like, "Woof, I don't know." Ooh, oh my god! <laughs> um, ah, I think the preliminary response I came up with was something like, "I my or like my kind of gut response is like, I really hope." Well, one, it's uh, be, because I make art for the disabled community, so like. I'm, I have mild colorblindness, so, uh, and and I make pieces that are, you know, 
that are good for, for stimming. They're, they're, they're meant to be touched um, or grabbed. You know, they're, they're easily accessible for those with different mobility needs. It's like, I, I hope that when people encounter my art, they are almost like able to be themselves in the presence of my art. It's like, it's, it's, it's low, it's low brow and it's low bar. Um, and so, cause even, even, even bright art, even childish, childish in quotes art can sometimes weirdly be highbrow and inaccessible. It's like so weird. You don't know what to do with it. You're, you're confused in its presence and you, it's not fun anymore. You're like, it's like when you go to a modern art museum and you're just, you're, you're like, you leave and you're like, what? You're like, I don't even know. I don't, I don't feel cool. I feel dumb now. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to make anyone feel dumb with my art. I want to make them feel like invited and, and celebrated. Like they come in and either they identify with it, you know, because there's someone like me or they, they don't identify with it at all, but like it's, they see it as a celebratory piece because it's, it's just vibrant and fun and, and cool. And they're like, wow. So I guess, I guess that's what I want people to leave with. Yeah. Well, I, certainly uh, that's how I felt because I, I, I just found myself, well, one, my favorite color is chartreuse. <gasps> I, just, I, I, I love chartreuse. I do. I love chartreuse, and and I think that's a color that generally is, in my mind, um, a color you gravitate to more as a kid, mm. and and feel like that's that's, uh, and so that's kind of how I felt about your piece, and maybe that was what you were hoping for, is that you just had the opportunity to engage with it. Yeah. It wasn't to just be looked at. It was mm -hmm. to engage and to think about it, see the layers, see the puff. And especially when it said puff paint, and my thought was, what the heck is puff paint? Which, <laughs> you know, which then ended up in your highbrow part. If, you know, I mean, it it sounded more accessible. How's that? It's yeah. like somewhere you're using finger paint, right? Yeah, right. Uh Honestly, if I can figure out a way to use finger paint someday, I, I would. I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll, you'll see a piece and it'll be like, hi, Kirby, finger paint. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is great because that has, obviously, it's beneficial for the viewer, but the process of actually touching and being a part of it, mm. I think you leave a, I think you leave a piece of your... Uh, for me, you might leave a piece of your angst behind. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. I, 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 I leave parts of my angst behind in my art. I leave parts of my pain behind in my art. I leave parts of my joy behind in my art. Um, and I think because they are those pointless pieces, you know, where there's so many little dots, they take a lot of time. And so they also span lots of time, you know, in my life. And so there's all sorts of emotions 
that are captured within one piece because it's like, you know, this vase was a two month long process. So you just got two months of my life wrapped up in here. Um, and then someone looks at it and they're like, Oh, what a cute vase. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, it is, it's adorable. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff in there. But I exactly, exactly. I'm like, it's adorable. And <laughs> right. Yeah. So one of my favorite questions to ask, um, is about uh, sort of comfort books or comfort shows or, you know, we all sometimes need an opportunity to escape Mm. and um, go to a place where perhaps the characters are our friends. We know um, uh, my family makes fun of me because I can't stand suspense. I have to read the plot (laughs) beforehand (laughs) Because I just can't take suspense. So I can enjoy something much more after I already know what's happening. But do you have a comfort book or show or something that you Mm. go to as um, kind of a, you know, even like. Yeah, I read that. And weirdly, my first answer was. um, So there's a specific one I'll answer, but like my general answer is horror cartoons. And I know, hold on, hold on. It's a weird answer. (laughs) It's because, it's because I have this longing for, right, child, childhood and and kind of whimsy. And and I, I don't want to watch actual real people hurt each other or anything like that. No, 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 no. There's enough of that already happening. Um, but like, also my life is so hard and, and the world is a really dark place. And so seeing that almost reflected in a safe space, which is a cartoon, like where I'm like, where, where my brain immediately knows none of it's real. It's like, my brain can be like, this is fake. It's like very fantasy. So like, for example, I'm reading a manga called Chainsaw Man and I'm also watching the anime. And this is like, this is like my, you know, guilty pleasure right now is, is reading and watching that. And it's like super gory. It's, it's super gory, but it also is like really tender at the same time. And if you were just a kid watching it, you probably wouldn't understand like the depth of grief of the characters or like their character development or anything like that but like watching it as an adult you're like one it's it's fine everyone thinks it's gonna work out (laughs) 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 because it's a cartoon and two like you also kind of are able to like walk through all of this grief with these cartoons and also know it's gonna work out it's it's kind of this weirdly healing experience because in cartoon land, people are okay. And when it's like in this gory-ish setting, they still go through hard things. So it's like hard things that end out okay. And it's like that combination for me is like great. Cause I, cause then it allows me to believe in my own life. Like when I encounter hard things, I'm like, Hey, it might end out okay though. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, I can totally relate to the fantasy part because it's this idea that, you know, it isn't 
anything remotely like my life. Right. And, um, you know, they face hardships, but I really, really am amazed at these, um, whether it be authors that do comic books or, or even children's fantasy stories, how there really is the ability to reach not just a, a child, an adolescent, but the adult with the depth and layering. Oh, yeah. And you, and you can tell. Like, I don't, you can tell. Whenever I watch an anime or, or read a manga where the characters respond to hardship or violence or even if it's, you know, silly violence, like they just got in a fight with a half devil, half dragon human or something, you know, and, and they're <laughs> responding to that. But the way that they're responding, the way that they're talking about it is so mature and so honestly tender and beautiful. I'm always like, who is this author? I'm like, what did they go through in life that they are able to write a story in this way? Cause I'm like, wow. Uh, I mean, it's the same way that if you, you know, read, a you know, NPR bestseller book <laughs> and it's like incredible. And you're like, what, what happened to this author in their life that they're able to write this kind of thing? Or like, like what is it in their psyche that they're able to, to write like this? Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, yes, yes. For me, it's fantasy and generally books, but I, I, I have listened to uh, some others talk about, um, some, you know, comic books and, and maybe I should think about that, giving it a go. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, so how did you find the layered onion? I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I think, I think maybe it was, um, I don't know if it was like originally from an open call or if it was through an ad on social media that I originally found it. Um, but wow. Am I glad I did. <laughs> so what's been the most valuable part of being, um, with a community of artists with, you know, m- mental and emotional health challenges. Uh, yeah. It is that, that, that's the thing is when, when someone from that community, well, I mean, right. We all, you know, we all follow each other and, you know, we're keeping up with each other, getting the shallot, seeing all of their work, um, is go- it's gorgeous um the it's the coolest thing when one of them will message me and be like or will message me and encourage me or be like wow what a cool piece you're working on and that hits so different than just some other stranger you know saying cool vase or nice, cute vase, because they know what I'm going through or what it's like to be me. Like, uh, even if they don't know exactly in the moment, they know what it's like to be someone with, yeah, 
mental illness or, or, or emotional challenges and and also trying to be an artist as a primary primary vocation and uh to have that encouragement is 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 a different is a different voice is a stronger voice um is a more heartening voice for me i think sometimes it's uh so many people um don't understand the wherewithal you have to have to to have your art seen oh my goodness <laughs> The oh, algorithms yeah. you're challenged by, oh. uh, you know, it, it is really daunting. Yeah. And then to not feel well or be having a bad month. Um, and I don't say day because generally it's longer. <laughs> really, really it is. And it's, you know, right. You're right. The algorithm is not kind to you if you don't post for a month. Um, or, or even the art community in general, um, is not kind to you. If you don't go to other people's shows for a month, if you don't connect with gallery owners for a month, if you, if you, like, if you don't network for a month because you're having a manic episode, it's just like, it's just not cool. <laughs> um, and then if you finally show up again, people are like, Hey, what's up with you? And you're like, um, you know. I was having a time. I was, I mean, I was having a little bit of a rough time. And people are like, "Oh, really?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but <laughs> not not the, not exactly the same things." <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and and to me, I'm an introvert, and so the whole process of networking and putting yourself out there, mm. we're Creation is generally can be somewhat solitary, which yeah. suits my personality. Same. And then this that's this idea to be out there and selling yourself. Wow, it's exhausting oh. for people who feel well. Yeah, right. I know you do like one of those like networky things or advertising yourself things once per day, and then or like once in a week, and you're like, well, okay. That's my thing for the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to have a couple days of celebration. I did it. I did I it. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So do you have any last words of wisdom that you would want to share with other artists that face similar challenges? Mm. I was trying to think of like what I would want to hear myself like what I would want someone to say to me which is like because I feel like a lot of people listening to this are likely you know other artists with mental illness or, or emotional challenges and I I feel like I I would want someone to just like say to me and the thing I say to myself frankly a lot when I'm going through it, when I'm just taking the next step forward is like, you're not disqualified. Like you're never disqualified from this work, no matter what anyone tells you. Um, and like, 
there's no there's no amount of rejection letters that like dictate who you are or if you're an artist um like like you get to you get to say who you are um and and I'm like really proud of you I'm really proud of you for for keeping on for keeping going and even like for daring to have a dream which is objectively hard but beautiful as a person with like mental challenges with emotional challenges like that's an incredible thing um that you're out there daring to do that um because i think a lot of people are dissuaded from the arts even without those challenges they're just like they just give up on that um and Man, it's inc- it's incredible! It's incredible that you haven't given up yet. So, cheers. <laughs> that's what I'd say. Like, way to go. Well, that's that's a lovely piece of advice. <laughs> so it makes me think of the Vincent Van Gogh quote: "If I am worth anything later, I'm worth something now." Mm. Oh, wow, that's actually pretty beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and it goes on. It's like for wheat is wheat, even if people think. It is a grass in the beginning. Mm. And I always think of that quote because, you know, now Vincent van Gogh is so celebrated and, of course, um, you know, was definitely not recognized in in his lifetime and certainly uh, struggled with mental health. Yeah. So, but now maybe we'll replace van Gogh's quote with Pius Kirby's. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. It was really fun to talk to you. Yeah, this was lovely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. It is an honor to talk with these amazing artists. You can see and read the artist's work in The Shallot, our Journal of Mental Health, Art, and Literature, or on our website, thelayeredonion.com. Thank you. A lip-